Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I feel very ill. So there's that. I've not been ill for like, I don't know, roughly two years. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like I'm not, you know, deathly ill. I took a lateral flow test this morning. It said I didn't have COVID. Not that that matters anymore, because I can, you know, have active COVID <laughs> and then go, go to work. And yeah, it literally there. wouldn't matter. Like, you, you can have whatever your work policy is, but it's not illegal for you to go to work knowing you have COVID and give it to other people. Yeah, that sounds great, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's that. I just feel like, it's, I don't know, I've got a bad cough, a sore throat. My ears feel weird, which is fun. Uh, but I've just shotgun nearly like a litre of iced coffee, so hopefully that'll get me through at least the next hour. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> but other than that, I'm fine. Uh, I'm excited to play a big magic tournament in April. Yeah, what's happening with that? That would be that would be good. So I'm doing the Unified Modern uh, because I, you know, I, I wanted I just want to go to a magic event and hang out with people for like a whole day and play yeah. magic again. Because I haven't done that in so long. <laughs> That's the the big Axion event, Mega Weekend. It is. It's because uh, the last one, I, you know, the tickets went live in like November, and that was when back when we all sort of maybe thought that you know the government would continue to take action on a deadly virus that's still killing people. Um, so I didn't buy tickets <laughs> and they sold up before I could before I could get on, um, and I didn't really want to go because that terrified me. Uh, but on announcing this event, they said that you need a vaccine passport and you need to wear masks the whole time, which made me feel a lot better about going. Yeah, totally. Uh, and also, it's in Birmingham, and it's like a 25-minute drive from my house, and I get to sleep in my own bed, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of all, all the the confluence of great things that make me want to go. That uh, sounds fantastic, really. Yeah. I'm very, very excited just to yeah. play Magic all, all weekend um, and oh. see a bunch of people I haven't seen for literally two years. Unsure on what my status will be on it currently. I think, I mean, I certainly won't be playing in any sort of pre-registered events, but see what the situation is close at the time, and maybe I might make my way there for that, because it would be really cool to go to one of those. Yeah, for sure. I'm very, very excited. Um, if it makes you feel any better, you can go there while you have COVID. So that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You don't. You don't have to prove that you don't have COVID. Because oh you yeah, you just have to prove that you have a vaccine. As long as long as you have a vaccine and you wear a mask, yeah. you can have COVID there. <laughs> just yeah. So you just like prove that you are less likely to transmit it, and that you're not feeling particularly unwell. Yeah, you've taken the uh, precautions. You can do whatever you want. That, you've taken the yeah. precautions. That's the important part. If you've got it you, knowingly, then yeah, that's fine. You can still turn up and play. Oh yeah, and I mean that, that's obviously you know no shade on Axiom. Oh yeah, no, no, that is one hundred percent shade at the government there and the uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> state you can of it all. Do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Um, but I'm very, very excited, and uh, I, I, that's all I'm. I've got to look forward to. <laughs> cool, cool. No, that would be fantastic. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, same old, same old, really. Just, just living that, living that life. I don't know. I had one of those weeks where I was just like, oh, just get me through this week. And then uh, World War Three started, so I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> what a, what a lovely time. So, I don't know, feeling, feeling um, it all from all directions, and just trying to, just trying to survive. You know, I'm just trying to exist. Yeah, it's yeah. like, 
it's getting and this comes from a place of extreme privilege but like it's getting very tiresome living through historic events hmm. it feels like we just get through one awful awful thing that affects hundreds of thousands of people and changes the world for so many people yeah and then the next thing starts and i like it's it's getting very depressing <laughs> all been downhill since 9-11 i mean it's all been downhill since that shit, but yeah like, that's true this is true it got worse after 9-11 for sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know man like i was already depressed and now it's just <laughs> everything is so depressing all the time. <laughs> already depressed uh, and now you've got a reason for it <laughs> there's only so many yeah. pills you can take you know yeah yeah i just i just like, like you said just trying to get through the week trying to get through the, the fucking hour <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's truly horrendous yeah i but think we're living up to our name instead Living up to name, name like th- yeah, I think so. I think so. This week, definitely so. But in terms of, of, of magic, it hasn't been a bad week at all, really. Been playing some um, Neon Dynasty Limited on Arena. That's been reasonably fun. Um, yeah, I, I think I was quite hesitant to call it an all timer last week, but I think after playing it quite a bit this week, I'm really enjoying it. And top ten, I'd say probably top ten draft formats I've played ever. Mm-hmm. I you have yet to you play. Can, it. It you can great. draft. You can draft a five color deck and go seven nil. It's sick. It's really cool. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's the best. Like, if that's the best thing you can do in a format, that's not great. It's not the best thing, but, but it's it's possible. It's a possibility. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, For sure. Yeah, all the strategies seem really good. All of the, the color pairings seem cool and interesting. Loads of like weird, unique synergies going on. I definitely still the strangest draft format I played. Strangest limited environment I played definitely, but I I love it. Absolutely love it. Sweet. I need to draft it at some point. I was toying with the idea of re-downloading Arena. To yeah, yeah. But then that would mean I'd have to have Arena on my computer, and I don't want that. You get it on your phone, and that's a that's a truly heinous experience. I don't want my phone to explode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I need it for. Doom scrolling and such. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not redoubling arena, that's a slippery slope. But yeah, I would like no. to get drafted at least a couple of times before the new set comes out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, it, it, it's it's cool. It's really cool, really good format. Uh then obviously the vintage cube's still up on Magic Online, so I've been doing a bit of that. Streamed that on Friday night and that was super, super fun. Yeah, it's vintage cube's just great. It sure is. Look at yeah. you playing magic. Yeah, I know. Playing, he's playing so much limited. I think that's the. At least one of us is. Like, ironically, like the limited is like my most played style of magic these days. In a in a world where I don't go outside or interact with anybody, somehow drafting with other people is the way I'm playing magic. Sweet, good. Yeah, and it's working. I'm enjoying it definitely, definitely. The closest I've got to playing magic this week is planning to be at a magic event in six weeks' time. So <laughs> different vibe. Yeah, totally. Oh, I did sell my last commander deck though. Yeah, yeah. You did it. A pra- praxis, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Man. Take all of the stuff I said about how awful commander is last week, and and on top of it that I, the last time I played commander was November, where I played for an hour, and the previous time before that was September, <laughs> where I played a single game. Uh, it didn't seem worth having that, so I traded it for some jewel lands. Yeah. Because why, why would I have a commander deck when I don't enjoy playing the format, never get to play the format, and I can use those cards in Legacy? 
Yeah, yeah, totally. At least, at least if I trade it for legacy cards, I'll never play. They'll go up in value eventually. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, some somebody will play them. Like if you don't play them in legacy, you'll be able to trade them to another legacy player for cards that you will play, and they'll play them. And yeah, yeah, I think legacy's exactly. got a great, a great active community for trading cards and sharing cards sure. and stuff. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's me officially not playing Commander anymore. I mean, I can't, yeah. you know, people want to play Commander and I can borrow a deck, sure. But. Yeah, I mean, give it a fortnight. You'll have another deck mostly built. You know, just wait till those Capenna spoilers up. come out. <laughs> don't. It'll happen don't. again. Well, and I, then I suppose I've got the I've got the the vehicle precon. Yeah, there you go. You got the vehicle precon, and then up. you can you'll play that, and then you can just proxy any of the the other cards that you don't have. It's in a hell of a segue. It is, yeah. <laughs> very good segue, well done. <laughs> I'm very proud. This leads us on to what we're going to be talking about this week. It is proxies. Uh, I, I think right up at the start we should clarify what a proxy is. and you know, so There is a big difference between a proxy and a counterfeit. Uh, we, we are not endorsing counterfeit magic cards and anything that we say in this episode at all in the slightest. Uh, I think counterfeit magic cards are awful for everybody involved. Um, if you, if you want to use proxy cards, that is fine for me. Just don't use counterfeits. Make your own proxies or buy proxies from, or trade for proxies from a, a reputable proxy artist. Yeah, there are a bunch of people who make really cool looking proxies all over Twitter. Just type in MTG proxy, you'll find some sweet stuff. Uh, who you can give money to them, not in exchange for the proxies, because that would be illegal, I think, or against WhatsApp policy or something. Depends. But you can give them money and then get some proxies at some point. Through like a Patreon scheme, which is what something you should definitely do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are definitely people who just make and sell proxies that are, are perfectly fine to buy from them. Like they don't use any mm-hmm. anything that is protected by uh, by Wizards of the Coast intellectual property. So nothing that has like mana symbols or like references to to any sort of magic words on them or anything. So you could buy like a like a proxy volcanic island but it wouldn't have the tap symbol it wouldn't say tap wouldn't say tap to add mana or anything it would just be a nice picture and it might say volcanic island on it or you know you can buy ones that look identical to magic cards from china or somewhere and that's exactly the same if you speak to a lot of people yeah no it's not it's totally totally (laughs) those are proxies i use them as proxies in my commander deck so that's the same thing I have no idea what critical thought or nuance are. (laughs) No, they're counterfeit cards. Uh, Yeah, I don't support purchasing counterfeits at all. People who are making magic cards to look like magic cards, specifically for the for the purpose of selling, you know, the 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 copyrighted property of Wizards of the Coast. I I don't agree with or support that. Uh, If you want to make your own for your own personal play, like that's fine by me. I think like if if you want to print off. If you want to get a black and white printer and print off pictures of Underground Sea or Tabernacle or whatever and put them in your commander deck, like go for it, that's fine. As long as you're not trying to trade or sell those to anybody. You know, do what you want in your own home, just don't don't go fund and organise crime. <laughs> just just to turn over some draft chaff and then get a Sharpie and write on what the card is, illegibly. Yeah. That's yeah. what I do. And then I mean, make sure it's is... cards that in like two years' time will actually have value and you've ruined them so you can't see them. <laughs> That's the best way to do it for sure. Yeah, that is that is my, my favourite way of, of proxy cards. So I guess prior to the, the whole the whole world falling apart, uh, I was running some, some casual legacy 
events or once a month we would meet up in a pub on a Saturday morning and we would just play some Legacy. Um, it was not really a tournament setting but proxies were encouraged and welcomed and I brought a couple of proxy decks along that people could play or I could play and most of those were just like basic lands flipped over with the word like brainstorm written on the back like yeah that's fine yeah. absolutely fine to do stuff like that but don't go buying I don't know black lotuses from wish because that just sucks or do I don't know I'm not the police yeah <laughs> if you want to be an asshole be an asshole I don't give a yeah. shit <laughs> you know at yeah. a certain point like I, if that's what you want to do that's fine because there's, there's always someone who will find some extremely strange way to justify buying fake magic cards that look identical to well not identical but look close enough to magic cards that people will think it's real and I can't be able to argue with those people anymore so do, do what you want <laughs> we recommend that you definitely don't do that because it's very very bad but if you yeah. want to I'm not going to argue because it's not worth my time <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I guess, I don't know, it, it's, it's quite interesting really when you you think about, like, your average player isn't going to, isn't really gonna, ever going to have, like, a Lotus or anything, so is it is it that bad if people are using, I mean, yeah, it is that bad when people are using, like, counterfeit Lotuses and stuff, but, like, to me it seems like like a worse case if, if somebody goes and buys, like, a place at a Shocklands from Wish as opposed to like a black lotus or something like one of those is, is yeah. going to be a lot more obvious than the other it's not going to look like you're trying to you know you're, you're trying to scum the other people that you're playing with like out of like not playing with real cards or you're potentially sharks and like new players by trading them some fake cards i know it's interesting yeah. like there are so many so many like different angles you can come to the whole proxy kind of thing thing about really yeah, it's gotten to the point now where like there are so many cards that are unaffordable that no one's going to be sold a fake Lotus because they can't afford a Lotus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's just not going to happen. Like people who are trading in twelve thousand pound Magic cards probably know what they're looking at. You know. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Um, but there's you know, there's when you're buying like tr- like fetch lands and stuff. I know we've had quite a few counterfeits going through the store. You know, Liliana of the Veil, Cavern of Souls, that kind of thing. Like, your middle-level cards that people just want to own, and they turn out to be fake, and people are very sad. Yeah, Uh, yeah. That's why they're bad, because, sure, you're not going to do anything with them, and maybe you'll take a Sharpie and write proxy all over the card, so it's obviously distinguishable, it just looks like a real magic card from the front or whatever. But you're still supporting that practice where those cards are being introduced to the ecosystem, right? Yeah, definitely, and and that, that yeah, yeah. that's that's the problem. It is it's when they they find their way who somebody who isn't as savvy, they find their way into into the ecosystem, and then you know all it takes is is one or two transactions, and then suddenly they end up listed on card market. Somebody buys one one off card market, and then some that arrives at the house, they see oh well that's a fake card. Oh I've purchased a fake from card market. That person doesn't you know know any better starts you know blacklisting card oh, i'm never gonna buy from card market again talks about how bad card market is as a platform because they bought a fake once and it's the more that kind of stuff happens just the worse it is for everybody in general that is involved in the buying selling and trading of magic cards yeah for sure like we've been accused of selling fakes before which is very funny it's never like <laughs> it's never like cards that the fakes exist of it's always like this bad rare land from a recent standard set I think it's fake that you've sold me I'm like why am I gonna 
Why, why am I going to ruin over 20, 20 years of trading reputation to scam you over three pounds, dude? Yeah. Who's oh, doing it was that? a Pesachi then. <laughs> that is how much they're worth now. It turns out I was wrong the whole time. You know, someone asked, they, they were like, oh, this uh, uh, Clearwater Pathway from Zendikar Rising that you sold me, I'm pretty Jeez. sure it's fake. Like, okay, dude, because I can't be like, here's your money back, because that, that yeah. <laughs> even if confirms in their mind that it's fake. But it's, I'm not trying to scam you over that. Well, I'm not trying to scam you because we're a reputable retailer. I don't want that to, to happen to you. I would like you to receive real things in exchange for your money. Um, but also, why the hell would I scam you over like a three pound card? Yeah, yeah. What a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, prox- the proxies different from fake and counterfeit magic cards. Uh, counterfeit cards bad. Uh, proxies, uh, ooh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Let's talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I guess. I guess one thing I did want to just point out, like, I guess, a, a little, a little tangent there. We were talking about like newer cards, and, like fake new cards and stuff. So I received the the Secret Lair Mischief uh, edition this this week, and I. So I think I'm pretty good when it comes to like identifying counterfeit cards and mm-hmm. and all that. Like I pretty know. I know the ins and outs of what a magic card should look like, feel like, what it should look like under a loop, all of that. These secret lair, these mischief secret lair cards. Most of them, I say, yeah, four out of the five, I don't look or feel like magic, like legitimate magic cards that I've ever held held before, like ever. They're so so bizarre, and I guess the chances of something like these being like counterfeited and getting mixed up in that ecosystem are probably going to be very high. I guess going forward, when we we see more of these, just really sort of out there secret lairs. Like none of these have like the holophile stamp. Like they they pass the, you know, in terms of like what the back of a magic card should look like. They all have a magic card, like a, a magic back, that looks fine and looks as it should under the loop. But they all have like a like a really sort of waxy feel to them. They just they don't really feel like magic cards. Don't really look like magic cards. So I could definitely see. The more that, that wizards are doing these strange and unique treatments, the more that you know potential there is for for people to get caught out in the future. So. I guess yeah, my a bit of advice when it comes to counterfeits and proxy cards is, is buy yourself like if you if you are purchasing magic cards that are I don't know whatever it is whatever feels like a, like a relatively expensive number to you like buy a loop go on to eBay buy a jeweler's loop for like two pounds posted and just have a study of the back of magic cards so you know what they look like you know what they're looking for because I I do I do think that if Wizards of the Coast does continue with these sort of treatments of cards. It may be easier for people to get get fooled, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said, you know, batshit sukulers aside. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Where they don't like magic cards. Um, Wizards of the Coast print quality is poor now. It, yeah, it's uh, it's very very bad, and there are quality control that, is lacking definitely. Yeah, and things that historically made magic cards look like they were fake is now just a thing that comes out of booster packs now. Uh, yeah, specifically definitely. ones printed in the states feel and look very different to ones printed in Belgium or in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> specifically, there uh, there have been a couple of batches recently of Japanese cards from collector boosters that are printed with black core rather than blue core, so they will fail the light test, uh, which hasn't been a good test to determine the authenticity of magic cards ever. Um, yep. So, well, the yeah. only reason you should be using the light test is to check rosettes. Yeah. Like, because it's it's easier to see rosettes through with a with a bright light shining through it. Yeah, uh, 
but yeah, <laughs> cards look terrible. Uh, <laughs> one of the biggest offenders is the promo packs, like what are now FNM promos. You get yeah, the, yeah. Th- three card booster packs. Um, they're just horrendous. Remember when misprints used to be worth money? <laughs> now every every, yep. every card is a misprint. Like the oh, little, planes, little planeswalker stamp. It's just awful. It's yeah. le- leaking, or like there's some weird dent in it, or it's just not in the right place. And it's like, oh, this looks cool. Oh, a hundred other people have opened this exact same misprint. Okay. Um, print quality has been like the quality control at Watsi has been horrendous for a long time now, and it makes things look a lot worse than they are. But that's another thing. There are still obvious ways to check for fakes. Um. The hollow foil stamp is a good thing, and yeah. well, people can recreate a hollow foil stamp. But I have yet to see one, like a, a fake card that has recreated it in exactly the same way that what's he have it on their cards. And there's yeah, also the, uh, the the red dot in the green dot test on the back of Bandra cards, which yeah. I have yet to see recreated. Though I, I'm sure some exist that have the L shape of red dots and the green dot. But yeah, yeah, I mean. There are plenty, plenty of legitimate cards that don't have the red L in the green dot. Like, like, yeah. I think it, it's it's a combination of things. Like when it comes to like the rosette pattern, the green dot is the black on a separate layer. Um, for me, it's still the hollow foil. Like if the if it's a card with a hollow foil stamp, if the hollow foil looks <laughs> looks like it should, uh, it can't be removed or damaged and isn't clearly hasn't clearly been removed from another card and transferred onto that card, then yeah, I think that's the the best way to tell for me still. The whole of is good. For sure. Uh, anyway, stop asking me if all your cards are fake, because they're probably not. You're being yeah. <laughs> uh, and at, at, at best, you're annoying me, and at worst, I'll tell you to go away. Uh, <laughs> but proxies can look like anything, really. Yeah, and absolutely. I've, I've seen a lot of proxies that do look like real magic cards, or like they look like a secret lair, or people have done them in the style of a certain showcase treatment, which looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, which Watsi have clearly taken hints from and started doing it themselves <laughs> um, with secret lairs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, think, I, guess, always... I guess one one sort of notable thing it was the uh, the most recent uh, secret lair super drop, which I believe is still available. Uh, you can get the basic lands that are done by a notable proxy artist. Yeah, which is very cool. So the uh, sh- the shades not included pack uh, is done by artist Benchnook, who has been making uh, proxy cards for the Magic community for for quite some time now. So it's good to see Wizards of the Coast actually support those those proxy artists and yeah, support their community. Yeah, for sure, because there are people who've been doing it, like basically giving Wizards free advertising. And um, sure, like people aren't going to buy the like if you get a proxy volcanic island, you're less likely to buy. It. Uh, a real volcanic island, but once you don't see that money anyway. Um, yeah, definitely. And but it's good for me to actually. Uh, I think st- stuff like that these, people. stuff like that these days. Like, I don't know. I I I struggle to think why anybody would even have an issue with that. Like when it comes to like proxying something like a volcanic island or or a mox diamond or a tabernacle or something like just something incredibly expensive for your average magic player. Yeah, I think I think my my views on proxies like. Uh, there's no consistency to my views on proxies, uh, which is yeah. true of my views of basically everything. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to the proxies that I'm fine with, it's like cards that are above £100 each. Because you shouldn't have to... If you want to play with those cards, then you shouldn't have to be spending that much money. Especially, like, most most proxies exist for Commander play, right? And if you want to play Commander, then uh, just do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's Commander, and if you have, you're playing Commander with people who don't want to play with you because you have proxies then yeah, but find new friends 
Um, but I think, yeah, generally, Tabernacle, Jewel Lands, you know, expensive cards are fine to proxy as being commander. Um, the, my problem is with, you know, proxy tournaments, which are a thing that people are running. Yeah. And traditionally, that's, you know, been vintage, obviously, because, like, four people own Power Nine that aren't retailers. <laughs> um, and Legacy, because those cards are very expensive. Like, the core of the deck is relatively inexpensive in terms of competitive magic decks and the, the expensive things are like the force of wills and the reserveless cards yeah so i think proxying those kind of things makes a lot of sense because it gets more people into those formats and it's accessible for people and that's a good thing i have seen modern proxy tournaments with unlimited proxies which is strange to me because if it's like oh you can proxy a place at ragavans okay because a place like Ragavans is a lot of money and you shouldn't have to spend that much money to buy to, to have a modern deck yeah I think it, it, it's one of those things where I think in the past I might feel a little bit more strange about it but these days I think if you look at the average price of a modern deck it's considerably more expensive than it used to be and I don't know to me I, I'm definitely somebody who I don't think like price should be a, a barrier to entry um, when it comes to playing in, in magic tournaments necessarily now these this is where I have my cancelable opinions right yeah go for this it this is where I have my, my bad opinions <laughs> right so magic should be accessible and affordable for anyone who wants to play it that is a st- statement and a sentiment that I agree with yeah, I, I fully agree with that as well. And I, I think for the be, most part it is. Yes. You can play Magic for very little money or no more money than you would spend on any other hobby. Any hobby is going to be some kind of privileged activity, essentially. right? You have to have some level of, uh, of privilege to, to access a lot of hobbies. Yeah. Whether that's video games, board games, even like... <clears throat> You know, painting and stuff, you have to buy the things that allow you to do a hobby. Magic, on that scale, is very affordable. You can buy people's, you know, just loads and loads of commons and uncommons with some bulk rares for very cheap. The arena starter decks thing, they're like £8 each and they're actually reasonable. Commander decks are more expensive, but some of the commander decks are like £18 for like a reasonable commander deck out of the box. Some yeah. are like £35. You can play Magic for an accessible and affordable price. You can't play competitive eternal formats for an affordable price, and I don't think that's the same thing. Magic is affordable. Modern is not affordable, and I think that's a different distinction, and I think it's a line that gets blurred a lot when we're talking about accessibility and affordability of magic. In a, sure, yeah, you can't you you can't play blue red Merc Tide in modern if you don't if you can't afford it. Unfortunately. In an ideal world, you should be able to do whatever you want. You know, it's you should be able to play whatever kind of magic you want to play in an ideal world. But we do not live in that ideal world, unfortunately. Yeah, capitalism is a thing. I think. I think. I think. For me, it it comes down to it comes down down to the the context. I I think I think modern and legacy and vintage. I mean, to me, my opinion is that any any format if there's a demand for that format and you have a play group of players that can't afford to purchase the cards to play in that those formats i i think 
that proxy tournament should still exist for those players, that should still exist for those people. Sanctioned events? Absolutely not. I think that's a total different ball game. I think if you're playing, you know, you're playing a sanctioned event, you've got to play by the rules, the rules that was the course set out, or you cannot use, you cannot use proxy cards in your decks. That's fine. That's fine by me. Like I would never ever expect anybody to use a, a proxy card in a sanctioned event, um, except for in the case where a judge may issue a proxy card for duration of the event because of something happening to a particular card in the deck. C, nexus of fate, etc. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't see why we can't have unsanctioned proxy tournaments for for modern, for legacy, for vintage. It depends why you want to have those tournaments and who's running those tournaments. Yeah. And if there's a weekly modern tournament where you don't have to own any magic cards and you have to have access to a reasonable printer, which is you know an investment in itself to print legible, reasonable proxies, which a lot of proxy tournaments have, they you has to like be readable by your opponent it can't just be a scroll with a sharpie um if i can just play any deck i want in modern format every week at a tournament or every two weeks at a tournament why would i buy real magic cards what would be the point of buying magic cards and this is the point at which my job is at odds with my morals um but unfortunately like i said it's the world in which we live um in the things cost money and you have to pay for them you Um, buy the real magic cards to play in the real tournaments you can't play mm-hmm. but why would you yeah. ever play in real tournaments if you can play a, a friendly unsanctioned tournament every two weeks whatever with print-offs and you can play whatever deck you want why would you then go and buy a place at ragbands because you don't need to because every week or however long however often those tournaments are you can play ragavan because you print it off that's that's my point with proxies is like why would you ever buy a magic card if you could just print it off or get a really nice version from a proxy artist on, on twitter or whatever why would you bother them buying that card? So you can engage in the organised play system, which is an awful argument to make currently because <laughs> <laughs> there is no organised play system. But exactly, like, if the, if there is a... one again one day, then then yeah, like it, sure. it's you're incentivised to, to buy the cards to to take part in that organised play ecosystem. Like, uh-huh. yeah, you can play in all the unsanctioned events you want, and and but. Surely, if you, if you enjoy magic, then you're going to enjoy the tournaments. You're going to want to be part of that organized play ecosystem. And the only way to do that is by having the le- legitimate cards. Yeah, but I, I don't think a lot of people are making that step. And if we talk about, like we did last week, about Commander being magic, the way that you yeah. play Magic the Gathering in the year 2022 is by playing Commander. Why would you ever buy cards if you can just proxy them all? Yeah. Because that's unsanctioned and friendly magic. And again, like I said, if you want playing people that don't want to play with proxies, get new friends. But there is the issue of why would you ever buy a magic card if you can get a proxy of a Darkside Extortionist and a Cyclonic Rift and a, and a Smothering Tithe and a Sacred Foundry and some other £3 card. It's a pretty version, but why would you ever buy magic cards? And then where did LGSs go? And I'm not saying what's you to serve your money because they'll make money regardless. Um, but LGSs need to sell magic cards in order to pay their bills. <laughs> and obviously I say this as someone who works at an LGS. I say this as someone who's, you know, bills are paid by... <laughs> It's the selling of magic cards. Yeah. Um, but why? Why would you ever buy magic cards? And I think that's part of the problem that a lot of people don't address is that I can't sell these proxies made by a third party in my store for money, and nor would I want to. But I need to make money somewhere. And if you're going to stop buying magic cards, we're going to close. And then where, where are you going to play magic? 
and again, this this conversation applies to like point zero zero one percent of magic players because <laughs> most magic players who are able to afford magic buy a precon and then buy a booster pack every week and that's yeah. affordable for them. Yeah. It's affordable for a lot of the target demographic of Magic the Gathering and none of this conversation matters for those people. But Yeah, <clears> like, I wonder how many of those I wonder how many of those people actually realise you could proxy a magic card. They probably don't. They're just like, oh, I don't have that, so I can't. Yeah, play it. I don't have that. I'll just play with what I've got in this booster pack. Like, yeah, yeah, which is ultimately a lot more fun, and I wish I was still playing that way. Yeah, but <laughs> um, th- th- that's that's my that's my main issue is that uh, magic all things can't be affordable, and it, you know I'm just gonna sound like a, a bootlicking piece of shit, but you can have access to a certain type of thing, but you can't have access to every type of thing. You know, a lot of people can have access to a car. Not everyone can have access to the best car. Everyone can have access to a phone. Not everyone can have access to the best phone. The possession or <laughs> financing uh, of a phone or a car or anything like that is affordable for most people. So why should the expensive thing be affordable to everyone? It's not though. That f- that the expensive felt- thing. The expensive thing is the. The expensive thing is the is the, the sanctioned tournament, the organised play ecosystem. Uh huh. You you could still access the the non-sanctioned proxy tournaments. Exactly. So why is it? That's like, but you're not going to make that that step. So everyone like so th- therefore, magic is affordable and accessible, no? So why are we still having yeah. arguments about reprinting fetchlands, which are cheap? <laughs> in the context of the price, yeah. let me put like the whole the whole argument I have a problem with on a base level because like magic is affordable; it's extremely affordable for a lot of people, you know. And it's you know it's still it disposable income, and having you know thirty pounds to spend on magic gathering is still a lot of money to a lot of people. Um, but <laughs> magic is affordable and accessible for for vast swathes of the countries in which magic is popular, and is played by lots of people who who don't care about spending loads of money on, on magic cards. So why are we concerned about magic being like there's always these things, magic being affordable to the people who are already engaged and already have hundreds of pounds worth of magic cards. Yeah, yeah. No one who's opening like a random commander precon for the first time ever and playing with their friends around their kitchen table while eating pizza is worried about like, oh, I can't afford a Rakafan, because this conversation isn't for those people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's something that I hadn't really considered. I think it's quite it is quite a good point you make. Like the vast majority of the time, the people that you see in these conversations are people who are already in that competitive ecosystem yep like I you know I I own expensive magic cards my my magic collection is worth more than my car for example which is terrifying (laughs) stupid (laughs) and ridiculous and not a thing I should do but you know I'm part of this magic is affordable and accessible I'm sounding like an asshole saying that because yeah sure don't get to play modern but then I guess you get to proxy and then if you want to get to that point at that point if you want to get into that competitive scene of being going to organise play in sanctioned tournaments you then have to spend the money which is how the world works magic is owned by Hasbro it, it's not going to be this microcosm of like a socialist utopia we all want it's it's a game and it's a, a corporation that has to make money so why I don't know why we're like saying that Wizards of the Coast are evil for for, for <laughs> Ragavan being £80 or whatever because it's that's how everything works my computer was affordable for me. Do I wish I had a better one? Yes. Can I afford that? No. So I don't get to have it. 
and it you know it feels horrible saying these things. <laughs> I guess I guess I guess the, the difference with something like that there is is that a Magic the Gathering card is a piece of cardboard, and you know tangibly the parts that make up a Magic the Gathering card cost considerably less than a, than a computer does. Sure, but the piece the parts that went to go into my computer didn't cost eight hundred pounds to produce. No, there's a markup. There's tax to pay. There's all of those kind of things. Similar is true for Magic. I always I do hate that argument where like oh the contents of an iPhone costs £8 but I'm spending £800 yeah because you're paying for the advertising and the developers and you're paying for them to cover up the sweatshop it was built in you're not just paying you're not paying if like you can go go ahead and buy the raw materials for £8 and and see what you can come up with is that going to be the same as an iPhone no I don't know who I've become this week clearly I'm ill <laughs> yeah again, again I feel like there's, there's there's a bit of a difference there because yeah if you had the raw you know, for sure. If I have a sharpie and a bit of a bit of cardboard, and write Jace the mind sculpture on it, then I could use I could use that in a in a game of Commander with my friends, or mm-hmm. I could use a Jace the mind sculpture that was printed in like Magic Twenty Five. Like, what's the difference? Absolutely. Now we get to the point of like, people that hate proxies because they spent real money on Magic cards, and those people are the funnest to laugh at. <laughs> this is what I mean about my, my point of view and my take on this going all over the fucking shop. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, uh, Magic cards should be, everything should be affordable. Everyone should have access to a house and a car and a fridge and any kind of hobby that they want or video games or anything like that. Good food and whatever. But we don't live in that fucking world, which is why we're so angry and depressed all the time. Um, <laughs> and Magic just fits into that. Like, it, it, Magic can't be different than the rest of the world that has to make money. I don't know, are we campaigning for video games to not cost a billion pounds each? People complain about it and then they just buy them anyway because that's what they want to do with their money. Um, then magic is the same and has to be the same. In an ideal world, magic would be affordable, everyone could play modern and legacy and vintage and the reserve list wouldn't exist and we'd all just have a great time playing magic and then none of the prizes you, that are offered at magic tournaments wouldn't, wouldn't be worth money. But so have, you, have you considered that emulation exists? It does, <laughs> it sure does. But emulation of Elden Ring doesn't exist yet. So if I want to be part of the conversation, I want to play the good game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. To to the average person. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then, yeah. So that that, that's my take, and like it doesn't. It's not very concluded, and it's not a very well reasoned or evidenced take. But uh, magic can't be affordable because nothing is. Magic is affordable in a certain in a certain sense, in the same way that everything else is affordable in a certain sense. Food is very affordable if you want to eat shit. Right, <laughs> it's the same argument that people have about oh, but you can you can live on eighteen pounds or eighteen pence a week if you eat rice and rotten vegetables. It's like no one wants that, but we still live in that world where magic is just that same fucking model because it's capitalism, and that, that that's what applies to magic as well. You can play magic, but it has to be with draft, draft and shit. But it's accessible and affordable. Yeah. I simultaneously agree and disagree with the whole thing it's a very difficult thing to like have a, a hard take on but i'm very tired of magic people saying magic isn't affordable and we should reprint this and reprint that and like the vast majority of magic players enjoy what they have access to and have access to lots and enjoy the game it's us idiots who want to buy Urza sagas for 30 pounds and don't want to do that because we all work minimum wage jobs and can't afford our fucking rent <laughs> um it's those people that have the problem with the price of magic cards but anyway, people who hate proxies because they bought a real volcanic island and I don't like the fact that you're playing a proxy volcanic island are hilarious. Let's talk about that. <laughs> that's very funny because that's where yeah, it comes down to, I, right? I, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever encountered anybody anybody like that. 
man, you do not spend enough time on Twitter. Like, yeah, you, no. You I don't spend too much time on Twitter and stop doing it. The issue, I think, the issue is I just block and mute people too often. Like, <laughs> that's, that's where the fun. That's that's what you're missing the fun. Yeah, just laughing at morons and feeling. Because like, I have a lot of expensive Magic the Gathering cards, but I would never have any problem with anybody, you know, playing a proxy against me. Like, yeah, this I'm here is to the, play the game. This is the other I'm not side. Here of the to argument. play your bank account. Yeah, this is the other side of the argument that I just had with myself at you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is the, yeah, sure. I you know, my, like I said, my Magic collection is worth more than my car. Like, I have lots of expensive Magic cards. Uh, there are three jewel lands sitting in front of me now just <laughs> in a in an inner sleeve just ne- next to a cup of water that I nearly knocked over um, I have expensive magic cards because that's what I choose to spend my money on and I have o- o- over time um, I don't think everyone should have to spend that money on everything if they don't want to um, and it's very funny when like you see like <laughs> when, when the discourse trademark is about proxies which it often is you just have the most head ass takes from people who like, are just upset that they've spent money on magic cards, and oh, I didn't actually have to spend money on magic cards. Well, I own a real Snapcaster mage. Yeah, well, in the casual confines of this rule zero conversation of commander we're having, my Snapcaster mage does the same thing. Yeah. And it's a picture of a bunny that I got as a <laughs> Patreon reward for giving this person one dollar a week or whatever. It does the same thing in the conf- confines of this, this construct of a game we've we've made up because we can use whatever we want. Um, and I find those people very very funny. Because that's not a good reason to hate proxies. <laughs> the only reason that I dislike proxies is because people want to proxy magic cards in tournaments that are with prizes on the line, and then why would why would I offer you prizes when you're not buying the cards from me? Because I have to make a living and I have to, you know, my boss yeah, has to pay rent I, on the unit that our shops. I, in. I do think, yeah, I do think some of that is on is on the store as well. Like, yeah, it's why we don't run you, you, <laughs> Yeah, you have to you have to innovate. You, you maybe charge people more for a toxic, for a proxy tournament. Your sanctioned tournaments are cheaper. Proxy tournaments are double the price to enter than a sanctioned tournament. You know, maybe there there's another another slight bit of incentive there as well to edge people towards a regular one. I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of different ways that you could get creative to encourage to have proxy tournaments in a store, but also encourage players to spend money in your store. Because like otherwise, no, otherwise. Otherwise, those players could just you know just go to the pub and play there. Yep, and they should. Yeah, it's very very difficult to have that's, a hard and fast take on this. That's yeah, that's it. It's, that, that's that's you know when I was running those, those proxy legacy events, we just we we were just going down go down to the pub, we go down to the pub on a Saturday morning, uh, have some champs and casual games of legacy. It was really sweet, really fun, really nice environment. We didn't play in a store because yeah, I I I I don't think. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, how I how I feel really. I think I, I I agree with you in some extent about not wanting to run. I guess if if it was me, it's me hosting the event. So like I wouldn't want to be like I right, I'm hosting this event in the store, but we're not playing with real cards in the store, and we're not paying any money to the store to have this tournament with fake cards. That just, it just seems, seems kind of cheeky to me. So I thought, like, well, a pub is the best environment to run something like that. We remove the store from the equation. It's easier for everybody. It makes more sense for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I do. I do understand your points. Definitely. I just don't necessarily agree with them. Maybe. I don't know. It's a very complex issue. The problem is you can't. Like no one, myself included, can find a hard and fast line to take. And yeah. whenever someone asserts something in this specific conversation, they can't really back it up 
because it all goes on feel and nuance, which yeah. makes it difficult. Like, there's no like proxies and sanctioned tournaments bad, but why? Why is that bad? Proxies, proxies in sanctioned tournaments is bad because mm-hmm. it's against the rules. Exactly, but like Wizards of the Coast say, Wizards of the Coast say you can't use them. Okay, so that that's bad. That's we can define that. That's fair enough. Proxies in unsanctioned tournaments that is not bad to me. Mm-hmm. Because there is no rule saying you can't do it. Yeah, but it's but why not? Does it does there have to be rules? If there are no rules, can you do whatever you want? I mean, there are no yes. rules. Can I cheat? <laughs> like there are no rules. Can I cheat? Ah, right. uh, no, there are still game rules. There's still game rules and game interactions. Sure. Like, the game still has rules, but the tournament rules and game rules are two very different things. The game is a construct, because you're playing with a forest that says buy you on it. It's not a game of... We can go down this rabbit hole. I, I really don't want to, because I hate who I am. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation. Um, yeah, like, it's just... It's, it's hard to draw the line in the sand. Um, and I don't... I, I My main thing is I don't know how people want... How, how cheap people want cards to be before they're cheap enough. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can buy an Arid Mesa for £15. Is that not cheap enough? What is the ideal price of a Magic card? And then we get into that whole conversation that I get dragged for all the time. Like, what is the reasonable price for a good Magic card? What is a reasonable... What, how much would you like a Ragavan to cost? One fifteenth of a booster pack. Okay, and then why would I sell you one? Why would I open booster packs to sell you the Ragavan? You wouldn't you would sell booster pack what what would happen is magic would not be a trading card game it would be a living card game it would completely shift its mm-hmm. shift its its model yeah which means a bunch of um magic retailers and lgs's would have to close their doors because they can't make enough money off the boost packs i don't make money off boost packs now like uh, manleak.com does not make money enough money off of opening booster packs or like selling booster packs now because of the the cost price and vat you, we have to sell singles then those singles have to have a price. And, you know, everything we talked about in the Besager episode, it's, the reason yeah. magic cards cost, them, cost what they do. But it's, I, it's, I, quite, it's quite interesting coming from, like, coming from a store, and I guess an area where we don't really have stores that sell singles. And the only the only things that, that sold is, is sealed products, is booster packs, is, is boxes, is pre-cons or whatever. So yeah. it, is, it is quite interesting that the, the store makes... So much of the of the money that it makes from from the singles, but I guess at the yeah. same time, it's a store that sells sells singles, sells trading cards. It doesn't sell other things like other stores do necessarily. But this is the thing though: the the game then just changes, right? The, the the whole the whole secondary market of the game completely changes if 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 a Ragavan is the fiftieth of a boost pack. Yeah. Um. Again, ideal world, great. I want to pay ten p for a Ragavan, whatever. Um. But the entire secondary market changes then because then you don't have access to cards the reason the second mar- secondary market exists is because I want this card from the set and I don't want to spend all this money opening booster packs to not get it I need to yeah. have this card for my sanctioned tournament so it, therefore you can't just sell sealed products because some, someone at some point has to sell singles and then they have to make money off those singles yeah like if I open if I open a set box of, of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty which cost price is like £80 I'm currently opening on average about £50 worth of cards from that set yeah that's if I sell things that will sell. And often they don't sell. <laughs> you hope to open a Besage. We opened three set boxes the other day and opened one Besage in all three boxes. So wow. that's the money card. Um, we're not going to talk about the Shrine token. Because <laughs> that's a good <laughs> um, And then you have, like, I don't know, a, a Junji and uh, Atawara, the Blue Land. 
Yeah. Um, like you, there's no value. You open a box, you lose you lose money, especially if you're buying it for a retail price of 105 pounds or 110 pounds or however much people are selling them for. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're you losing money. Third 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 most expensive card in the box I opened was Soren from the list. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think the list is a good thing, by the way. I just think they should. Have oh, a I love the list. Yeah, um, I fully agree there. Fully agree <laughs> but, with you there. It's the thing, like, wh- who's? Uh, I can't make money off of open. Open boxes are courtesy because people want to buy some singles from Kamigawa. Yeah, I don't make any money off it. <laughs> I make money off people turning up and selling me their sacred foundries for eight pounds, so I can turn around and sell them for twelve. That's how we make money. Um, we can't sell money, make money off sale product, and I, I, I would be willing to bet that most stores that make money off a sealed product also make money off of comics or board games or sealed product of other games and other yeah. games and everything like that. 100%. You, can't, you, you cannot make money off magic sealed product. It's near impossible. And you can't make money off opening it. So in this world where Ragavan costs £8 or whatever um, this the price of uh, say it's the price of a booster pack, right? A Modern Horizon yeah. 2 booster pack, that's how much it costs. Uh, why am I opening it to try and open those cards? Then every mythic is worth eight pounds, even if they're not playable in a constructed format that people want them for. Because like, like we said in the procedure episode, the reason that was is worth that much money is because people want them and they will pay the price to have them so they can play in their yeah. tournaments or whatever, or just play them even in unsanctioned tournaments a lot of the time. So I, I, we we can't have that world either, unfortunately, because cards need to cost money, because I need to recoup value after, you know from opening an eighty pound box of magic cards, and then if I don't buy an eighty pound box of magic cards, where are you buying the singles from? Yeah. Are you opening boxes? Like, it, it's a whole ecosystem of you, it, things can't be cheap. And you can do the you can do the Pokemon system where you have all cards are worth nothing, and then there's a thousand pound Charizard or whatever. But then yeah, which, which seems to be either. the way Magic is going currently. Yeah, um, which which again is a good thing for players buying seal products. Yeah, it makes yeah. seal products exciting and interesting again. But then retailers again are suffering for that because they don't have. Um, because if they don't open the big mythic thousand pound card, what are we doing? Am I sending you a bunch of three pound cards that don't come in the price for box? And somehow this is why proxies are bad and also good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's a it's a I don't know. I'm gonna keep saying the word capitalism because it's the only way to <laughs> you know, consumerism. It's, yeah, yeah, that's it. Magic Gathering is a, is a microcosm of, of capitalism. It's a fantastic model of, of capitalism and has been since 1993, yeah. Yeah, I would love to live in a world where where all of these cards are accessible, and you, but you, it, it cannot exist because there is an entire secondary market globally that runs on the system as it currently is, and it would not exist if it, were, if it worked any other way. Sure, you can make some tweaks and you know, checks and balances and all that kind of stuff, but generally this is the, <laughs> unfortunately, most ideal way that... Magic cards enter the secondary market and they get into players' hands for money. Yeah, it's by Ragavan costing eighty pounds. <laughs> it's it's the price. It's the, how these things work. It, it's it has to be that way. Otherwise, it doesn't happen at all. And um, you know, I like the idea of like, oh, Thalia is two pounds, but super special Thalia is twelve pounds. Like, yeah, but then I still have to open the special Thalia, and if I don't open the special Thalia, I just have a bunch of two pound Thalias, and then I'm not making, I'm not recouping my cost. And no one else, even the random individual who buys a booster box every set, isn't recouping their value from that. No one's recouping value. And Magic players love to recoup value. And you have to, because you can't just piss away money on nothing. Anyway, <laughs> those, are my, those are my feelings on it. I, I don't know, I just, maybe, maybe it's just me and I'm wrong. Maybe it's because a lot of, most Magic players, even the engaged ones, don't really know how, you know, single sales it's- works. 
it's it's a complex issue definitely it's definitely a complex issue that i think i think everybody's going to come at it differently depending on where you you know where you are standing yeah i think i think i think for me it should be it should be accessible to everybody every level of magic should be accessible to everybody in some extent Um, Uh to me that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean oh i should be able to play in a vintage tournament tomorrow at a grand prix and win you know whatever you know come in with a competitively tuned deck because, uh, you know, because you I, have to draw I think, a line somewhere. Everyone has to draw yeah, a line yeah. somewhere. Yeah, definitely. But I, I think I think people should be allowed to play in you know, proxy tournaments with their friends. Potentially, I don't know, like potentially in stores. Like I, I feel like there are ways for stores to, to turn proxy events into, into money-making opportunities. Sure, but we can't 100%. sanction them. So, so if organized play ever comes back, they're pointless and illegal. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, everyone has to run the line somewhere, and if you're like, oh, modern should be in an affordable format, great. Okay, should Legacy? No. Why? Should Vintage be an accessible format? Should, uh, genuine questions. Like, I mean, yeah, know, should, should, should it be? Yes, is it? No. And there's nothing we can do to change that. And will it ever be? That's playing yeah, proxy that's, tournaments, yeah. That's, that's my point. That's my yeah. point. Should it be? Yes. Will it be? No. And if you want that, then you have to, you know, <laughs> seize the means of production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the whole the whole conversation and you know I, I love where people come at it from uh, is you know socialism <laughs> and I think that's an excellent thing but I, uh, I do I live in England where <laughs> it's bad for people and we live on a planet that is very very bad for everyone and we have to do what we can and I unfortunately have to sell you magic cards for lots of money because if we get to a point where like playable modern and legacy mythics are affordable for most people, we're also at the point where everyone is housed and clothed and fed and has access to good internet connections and televisions. Oh, I wish. I wish. Exactly. And I would love to live in that world. <laughs> but we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we do, do not. not. <laughs> the, the accessibility and affordability of magic cards is fucking priority one billion. Yeah. Because there are people who live on the streets and are in a massive. Because we of live in a society, just saying. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because there are people who can't afford to fucking eat. So I'm very. I'm not particularly perceptive to you wishing that Beseju was a cheap magic card. Because there are people without homes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, I, I like it. I like the, the idealistic nature of that that conversation, that argument, but it's not going to happen. And I would rather everyone can eat and watch TV before that. See, I know I turn around. I sounded like an awful Jeff Bezos piece of shit earlier. And I've turned it <laughs> I'm a good person and my morals are correct. Shut up. Yeah, it's just, it, it, like I said, it's a, it's a difficult issue because there are. For sure so many things to consider and then even like yeah your position within it like i'm somebody who has a very expensive magically iron collection and could mm-hmm. probably afford to play any deck that i want to in in most formats mm-hmm. why do i care why do i care about using proxies like it doesn't matter to me yeah i mean you know you can look at it for just the absurdity that it is right yeah. I own, you know, a playset of Mox Diamonds, Jewel Lands, a Gaia's Cradle, but I don't own my phone or my car. <laughs> yeah. Why? 
Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, I think there is, I mean, there's literally more value in putting your money into pieces of cardboard currently and collectibles in general. But I ascribe more value to owning that thing and just getting by making my monthly payments to whoever I owe money to for my car yeah. <laughs> and to Apple <laughs> for my iPhone, you know? I yeah. find more value in that and you have to make a call. And it's it's absurd. I drive around in a car I don't own that is <laughs> worth less than the cards in my backpack, which is stained with Monster and whatever the fuck is on LGS4s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's absurd, really. The whole thing is just it absurd. Is. Like. It's crazy. <laughs> and then we sit down every week and talk for an hour about it. Why? Yeah. <laughs> just trying to, just trying to make it through, right? <laughs> well, yeah, because you know, eventually we'll all die. So yeah, sooner than we'd like. Cool. And on that note, <laughs> I think that's all we have time for this week. Um, come, let us know your thoughts on on proxies. How do you feel about them? Would you play in a sanctioned tournament, an unsanctioned proxy tournament? Come, come, let us know your thoughts and feelings on Twitter. We're at hfdcast, facebook.com slash hfdcast. Or if you really enjoyed anything of this episode, we'd like to give back in a monetary value, you can hit us up at Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash devastation. Tears start from as little as $1 per month for roughly 20 25 cents per episode. This podcast is brought to you by manlink.com, where if you're still compelled somehow to buy Magic the Gathering cards... <laughs> You can use the promo code HOFD5 to get 5% off your whole order. Nice. And you should, definitely. Definitely. If you want to follow me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I am at PeachGardenOf. It's over with an F. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. I also stream magic every Friday night on Twitch, twitch.tv slash PeachGardenOf. We're usually playing some Vintage Cube. It's great fun. Come have a good time. You can follow me on Twitter at Sneeler. Nice. Where I don't I don't even know what to post anymore. Every time I try and post, like I go to like do a tweet, I just feel, I just what's the point? <laughs> just what? why? Yeah. <laughs> who who cares what I have to think? I'm not as informed as everyone else, and I well, what can I say? It's awful. Yeah. Everything's bad, and that's so, the an awful it's. little mirror in a mirror on the world. Well, my Twitter profile, yeah, pretty much. I don't know. Everybody's Maybe I think, at the moment. Engage me, engage me in conversation about magic, and I'll send you a fourteen tweet thread about it, so I can distract myself. <laughs> you know everything. Yeah. And on that note, it's all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfair has returned, so see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. Truly living up to our name this week.